So on this joyful day, as we begin our journey to the cross on this holy week, I have a fun little story to begin with. Story in honor of the day, in honor of the season. It's a story of a psychology professor who took to heart what was taught and really wanted the students to absorb and understand everything that was taught. And so after one very intense but vitally important lecture, the professor decided to give a pop quiz, just an oral quiz. And so the professor, ending the lecture, then turned to the students and said, okay, here's a situation. Knowing everything that we just talked about, I want you to practice. So the professor then continued to say, okay, how would you diagnose the situation? Somebody is pacing back and forth and back and forth, arms in the air, shouting. One minute. And the next minute, they're in their chair, seemingly weeping uncontrollably. And there was silence in that classroom. And finally, from the back of the room, one young man raised his hand and said, they're a fan of college basketball? I think those changing emotions are pretty common and have been pretty common historically this time of year. Because indeed, all we have to do is watch just a few games in March Madness, and we will see changing emotions. Because on the one hand, it is so fun, and there is such excitement when our team makes it to the tournament. And not only makes it, but then begins on a winning streak. Ah, it's fantastic. But then, our team goes up against that other team. And the other team gets the ball at the last minute and makes one of those buzzer beaters. And the other team wins. And suddenly our excitement, our cheering, our wild celebration changes. And it turns to sorrow and loss. You and I know that that very change, when things are going very well, when, we, when we're full of excitement and enthusiasm, we know that that can change. Yes, on the basketball court, sometimes in a heartbeat. But in our heart of hearts, we know that that kind of a change can happen in our everyday lives. That's our theme today on this Holy Palm Sunday, as we walk with our Lord Jesus. Excitement, enthusiasm, euphoria of the crowds and all those who are gathered will change and will turn to sorrow and grief by week's end. Our Lord knows and is aware of everything going on around him and within him. And he continues on. 
If we had been there on that first Palm Sunday, we would have seen our Lord Jesus indeed coming triumphantly into Jerusalem, our King coming in peace, riding on that donkey. We probably would have seen those who were closest to him, those nearest to him, and perhaps to that donkey and the colt. They probably would have been the disciples, those closest disciples walking and celebrating and cheering and, and we know that amongst those closest disciples would have been Judas and Peter. We talked about Judas and Peter this Lenten season and we know and remember that there came a point in their lives in this holy week when everything changed. But if we continue to expand our vision and become aware of everything that was happening, not only would we have seen our Lord Jesus and the disciples nearest to him, but we would have been immersed within the crowds. Some scholars estimate that there would have been close to 2.5 million people in Jerusalem. That's hard to fathom. 2.5 million people in and around Jerusalem. People coming and going, buying and selling, some leading animals, some carrying animals, jostling and moving and bumping into one another. And in this moment of celebration, perhaps some of those in the crowds were there and seeking out Jesus because because Jesus had healed them and restored them and renewed them. Perhaps some were in the crowds because they wanted to join the celebration. A popular person, a superstar, was entering into Jerusalem. And some, as we heard, even had the courage to ask, who is he? What's going on? Jesus and the disciples and the crowds. But there was more going on. If you and I had been there, we probably would have felt the undercurrent of hostility and frustration. Because all you and I would have had to do is to look up and see that there were Roman soldiers all along the temple porticos. Soldiers every point in and amidst the crowd. Soldiers ready to act without hesitation, just with the slightest provocation. And yep, we knew Pilate was there. The other leaders of the times were there. And then, even if we didn't see them, we would have felt their presence, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we probably would have seen them, and it's easy to now imagine them with frowns on their faces, teeth clenched, hands and fists, because they were so tired and getting more and more frustrated with Jesus as the crowds are saying, Hosanna to the son of David, the king, the promised one. The religious leaders were through with him. All of that happening, all of that going on, layers and layers and layers. 
And Jesus continues on. Our Lord knew the crowds. Crowds were a big part of his ministry. Our Lord knew probably all the layers of what was happening. Our Lord knew where he was going, to the cross. He'd been trying to prepare his disciples, those nearest to him. He tried to prepare them. And in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of the layers and layers, our Lord is not distracted. Our Lord is not deterred from facing death. Our Lord goes to the cross. Our Lord knows firsthand what it is to experience that excitement, the joy, the festivities, the parades. Our Lord knows that. He gets it. Our Lord knows and understands as well when we have to deal and juggle and live with the layers and layers of things that we have to do and deal with that are a part of our lives. Our Lord understands. And as we see today, our Lord understands what it feels like, what it is. Our Lord knows what it is when the joy and the excitement turns, whether it takes a week or it happens in a heartbeat. Our Lord knows what sorrow and loss and grief are like. Our Lord knows, and still our Lord goes to the cross and the empty tomb, so that in him, fear, I love what we sang in that song, fear is dissolved. Our Lord, who knows and understands and gets it, our Lord walks with us, taking that fear and giving us life and hope instead. Because our Lord went to the cross and the empty tomb, fear and death do not have the last word. What a blessing for us this day as we gather. This Lenten series, we heard from our own friends and family of Sheridan. We heard the stories and we heard from Bill Shamert, from Janice Nelson, from Jeff Donnell, from Josie Simic, from Carrie Collingham. All of them graciously reminding us that even in the best of times, things can change. Sometimes in a heartbeat. All of these graciously reminded us that we are not walking alone, that Jesus walked with us. God is present and therefore fear does not have to have the last word. Hear that again. Because Jesus, our living Lord, is present. Fear does not have to have the last word. I think we need to hear that anew. 
especially after the horrifically painful week we have experienced in our nation, when everyday lives suddenly turned to grief and sorrow. Yeah, we pray for all those who are grieving. We cling, we cling and we continue to look to our Lord who does not allow fear and death to have the last word. So let me ask you and, and even reflect for myself. In the midst of everything that's going on in our nation, are we keeping our eyes on Jesus, on his cross? Because in him, fear and death don't have the last word. In the midst of our family life, in the midst of our own lives, in which we are dealing and living with so much layer upon layer upon layer. Are we keeping our eyes on Jesus who gives us strength and courage? In the midst of times that are joyous and full of excitement as well as those that are hard and have sorrow and grief Are we keeping our eyes on Jesus who wipes away every tear and renews us with hope? And yes, perhaps even in the midst of March Madness, (laughs) are we keeping our eyes on Jesus? When I first came to Nebraska, I I served an interim in Hampton. And there I visited with one of the elders who was just a dear, dear lady. And she shared with me that she kept her palm branch every year. She put it in a prominent prominent place because it helped her to remember. I think this year with everything going on in us and around us, I think this year is a good year for us to do the same, to keep our palm branches and to put them in a special spot so that we remember that yes, indeed, our Lord knows times of joy and celebration and promises to be with us right then and there. And as a theme for this day, when that excitement and that energy changes, sorrow and loss. Let us remember that Jesus is with us, giving us courage and hope and strength. Let's keep our palm branches and put them in a special spot. Remembering that in Jesus, we are given life and hope. And because of Jesus, because he came into Jerusalem and went to the cross and rose again, because of him, fear and death does not have the last word. Let's keep our palm branches and remember. Thanks be to God. Amen.